genre. I don't have a lot of notes for this minute either, actually, now that I'm looking. <laughs> but we get a lot of Cornish Pixies, so that'll be fun. Pixies. Again, Draco has like this worried face, like, mm, I don't know about this. Draco and Ron are both equally right about Lockhart. Just yes. being like, I don't know about this guy. It's like the only connection they share. They're, they're also both like pretty expressive. Ron has really good expressions. Yeah. So does Draco. Yeah. Like their expressions make me laugh the most. At those two. They're actually of of the Harry of the trio. Ron and Draco were the most alike. They're both from pure blood families. Right. They're both. They're both in Harry Potter's shadow. That's kind of in one up, way but. or another. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't, mm. it's just interesting. Okay. All right. That's not what I was going to talk about either. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. podcast where we're overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one pixie-filled minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And we have Brian Green with us again. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you. Uh, my birthday is August 25th, and I wouldn't say no to a bottle of Ogden's Old Fire Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wish I could find you some Ogden's Old Fire Whiskey. I wish you could find me some Ogden's Old Fire just Whiskey. Just tape a new label to a bottle of Fireball, and I'll be okay. Perfect. Right, he'll never know. Perfect. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, I'll, we can make, I can make that happen, I'm sure. Send, send it with my portrait. Got you. Got you. We're we'll be gonna, in a care package. We're, yeah, we have a list of like the things to send to Brian at and the all end the, of this week. And all the Simpsons crap that, uh, <laughs> that Victoria <laughs> has. Oh. That I'm accumulating. Oh, we've been talking about that off mic. No one knows what we're talking about, you guys. It's a secret. They'll yes. never know. Right, they Simpsons don't know. They don't know about uh, Brian's Simpsons obsession. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that plenty of people who are listening know about Brian's Simpsons obsession. It's it's a uh, it's not subtle. <laughs> uh, t- t- today we're here to talk about minute number forty three, which starts with your worst fears, and it ends with Neville hanging from a chandelier. Worst fears. He says he says that in this class you may face your worst fears and i actually really want to talk about this because next year we have bogarts yep so quite literally in this class defense against the dark Mm. arts you will face your worst fears yep just fascinating to me could you imagine could you imagine having a class in school where you had to like confront your worst fear and then laugh at it i mean that's for next year but like Actually, like, the, just the idea of actually confronting, like, things that truly get under your skin, I think is really, like, I don't know. I feel like being made to kind of overcome stuff like that could be, like, really good in the long run for, like, a student. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how to do it without it being crossing lines. I ask, like, I ask wanna, like, my students <laughs> to conquer their fears every day. As a theater teacher, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm having kids like push their boundaries a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I didn't even think about it like that. I, I was, oh, I, I said Theater this is before. very helpful. I was not a theater kid. So this is foreign territory to me. Theater theater is very helpful for people like like me even. Like I am not the kind of person I don't like attention. I am, am antisocial and I'm just not the kind of person to, do, to like to deal with people. And I've always been that way. But I was in theater. And so it made me go out kind there. Kind of learn that. I, you know, I had to, to learn and I adapted and did, you know, plays and, and whatever. And that helps form, like, easier relationships with uh, with people being able to uh, to talk because you're pretending to be someone else. And Interesting. That kind of thing. I don't know. A theater so, helps. So often I'll meet people and they'll ask me what I do and I tell them I teach middle school theater and they'll say to me, they'll be like, oh, wow, yeah. So I took theater in middle school and we would do these show, these little scenes and stuff for class and I, I always tried to pretend like I was too cool for it but looking back you know I, I it was so helpful and I'm glad I did it and I just think to myself man all these kids who give me so much crap every day <laughs> about what I'm asking them to do and I think I hope one day they're telling somebody else that they like, I'm so glad they look fondly yeah. back at Mr. Green's class Aww. and think, oh, man, he was a good guy. <laughs> I like that. That makes me really happy. I didn't have, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really have, I didn't take theater. I mean, we've talked about this plenty, Victoria, that just like I moved a lot growing up. And so getting to the point where I was able to like be comfortable talking to people didn't really start until I started like, like working a lot. Like, working at Subway and then working at the movie theater and working at the bookstore. Like, you're, my job now is to kind of talk to people. And yeah. I sort of, I, li- I like to talk. So, for me, I think especially, the, I think the podcast has helped me become more of like an outgoing person more than anything else in my life. I mean, I even took, I took public speaking. I took a public speaking class to help me because of my anxieties and like being able to talk to people and, and just that kind of yeah. thing. Like, so I took theater and I took public speaking yeah. to just well, try to it's help. It's interesting to me because we, kind of we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like both of us sort of have anxiety about talking to people. And I was like, you know, it's weird because like talking to people is what we do. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly talking to each other. That's true. And, and my favorite line is that uh, I'm just an expert at pretending. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So, that's all of us good. all any of us ever do anyway so exactly yeah exactly. yeah brian when he was on our uh as our guest on ferris bueller minute i believe talked about how he like emulated ferris in order to kind of overcome his stuff right that Something is true like that. i did talk about that i remember this <laughs> i did <laughs> that was many fire whiskeys ago so i barely remember it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was probably I mean, God, we've been we've been podcasting almost consistently for over a year now, and it's it all muddles together in my brain. I don't even know anymore. I don't even know my name. So he tells these <laughs> kids, he tells these kids, don't scream, or not don't scream, but like try don't not provoke. to scream, 
it might provoke oh. them. And then he scre- he screams the words <laughs> provoke them. Uh, like, buddy. Jerk. <laughs> I know. I want to reiterate this. Lockhart is a turd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So he unveils this this birdcage. And it's full of Cornish pixies. Which we only know a little bit about in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book. It mentions that pixies actually don't have wings and they can fly through like magical means. Oh. But the set designers gave them wings. So these CGI, this has got this, this because this is a CGI thing is uh, Bob Legato, I believe. The C- our CGI defects, uh, like effects director um, putting this together. And I guess that, it, I mean, it makes more sense, I think, for them to have wings than not have wings. But. Because with the name Pixie, like you you associate that kind like of fairy like with or wings. something like that. Yeah, I actually like the design of them. I think they're kind of cute. They're really noisy. They are noisy. Yes, because they're very uh, rambunctious. They have they have a lot of energy and they're like mischievous and they're sitting there like causing a lot of trouble. They have so much energy. Yeah, yeah. They're Not like Draco looks this bored. Cage. Of course he does. I was like, whatever, I don't care. They're shaking this cage around. And and Seamus is like, Cornish pixies. Like with that accent. Yeah, like (laughs) or like as if these are something we need to worry about. Yeah, it's like who cares? (laughs) Like, buddy, do you know what he's about to do? Like he's gonna be like a a super ultra (laughs) mega turd, apparently. Yeah. Name of this episode is Super Ultra Mega Turd. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the little sounds they make too. I don't know, they're cute. Ah, they're cute. I think I think more from Fantastic Beasts is it like they can only communicate with each other, and uh, their voices are really high and shrill, and they're supposed to sound like. There's a term that they use in the book, that's a reference to like. It's essentially like a type of songbird. Like they're supposed okay. to sound like 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 a bunch of birds. Like you know what? Sounds like, like, like a chittering. Tree, like an entire yeah, they chitter. Mm-hmm. They have sharp little teeth. They do. I like. They have the... very long, thin limbs. They mm-hmm. They they fill the room very very quickly. Oh yeah, like they have so much energy. It's crazy. They just... they kind of Dude. like laugh. They're like, they almost say like woohoo. When the thing opens. <laughs> One literally does go woohoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's so... Victoria, these things are menaces. They're cute! I like them. <laughs> I like Cornish Pixies, they're adorable. I'm still mad that the painting isn't moving anymore. I know, I'm sorry that I had to point keep, that out. Keep looking at it every time. It'll, like... it'll, it will. We do get to a point where it moves again. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Uh, we will see the portrait move again, but yeah, this happens all the time in these movies. I notice that like moving portraits only move when they're the center of attention. Uh huh. And then as soon as like we're supposed to be focused on something else, they just freeze again. And uh, you know, I guess the audience, you know, it's only a couple minutes that we see it. Like the audience isn't like watching it the entire time, but I think that it should still be moving. Absolutely. Chris Columbus is like, no one's going to be paying this close attention to the portraits. Who's, yeah, no one's going to go through this with, like, like scene by scene, frame by frame. Little did he know. 
Yeah, right? He wasn't ready for us. <laughs> when Seamus says Cornish pixies, he says freshly caught Cornish pixies. Like, what What? What do you freshly... Did he go catch... Th- where did these come from? He made, he made someone go catch them. He didn't catch them. Come on now. Yeah, but... Oh, I mean... He made Phil go catch them. I... Where? Are they, like, in the Forbidden Forest? Can you, like, stumble across Cornish Pixies somewhere at Hogwarts? They're obviously something that's that's familiar that and something that is, like, a, seen as a pest because of the way, like, he says that. Like, sure. Ugh, like, whatever. I can imagine Molly Weasley complaining about these. Right, like, like, maybe they bothered, like, your garden or no that's what no that's what the uh isn't isn't it this book where they extinct or exterminate gnomes yeah yeah Yeah. they uh they throw they they throw the gnomes they do a denoming they throw them over the fence Mm mm-hmm yeah and so that's definitely sounds like something that molly weasley would complain about like oh these cornish pixies yeah yeah they seem like more of a household pest but i don't feel like they're they're I think specifically because they're Cornish. Like, it sounds like it's like there's a region that they come from that's specific. Right. And so I don't know if these would be like everywhere in the UK. A very quick Google search that I'm not still looking through, but a very quick Google search showed me that Cornish is like, goes back to like Old Celtic, which seems very like Irish to me. So I don't even think that they're common to this area. So I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, creatures can get to other areas. I mean... Sure, but... We have Japanese fig beetles, and we're not in Japan. Like... Wait, are you saying we're not in Japan? Like, I know. I know know it hurts. Hey, someone listening might be. You don't know. That's true. But us us personally, we're not in Japan right now. You're right. I will be this summer. Ooh. Oh, lucky you. Uh But we do get Japanese fig beetles that come around every year being pests and... You know, eat leaves of the trees and blah blah blah. That's fair. So I mean, things get around. Yeah, but away from their region. Do you think that that's a result of like? So a Cornish pixie could stow away on something and get somewhere else, and the next thing you know, like you have a Cornish pixie problem somewhere else. I guess. Yeah, but Muggle, uh, no wizards don't seem to have like mass transit. So like, how do, what if they need to take a large shipment of like you need all this food? To go to Hogwarts because they need to feed Magic. them. Magic. Because it's going to apparate food. You're going to apparate food I don't know. Without, I don't know how it works. I don't know. Can't they... So, wait, wait, wait. So, with food, can't they, like, make more of a food if they have some amount of the food? Am I making that up? Do we ever up? see them so producing what, something doing, from nothing? Doing, like, a Jesus thing with, like, a no, loaf no, of bread I... and a fish, and then making more bread and fish as no, because house, you have one the of house each? the house elves work in the kitchens to, like, make all the food, I think. I think there's, like, a weird teleportation thing happening with the food in the Great Hall. I don't remember. So That's those are like... magical farmers that are making the food? To make... I, don't, I don't know. Where's the food? <laughs> Where do they get their food? I'm just saying, someone's got to make the loaves of bread and and Who's and, gathering and the, the stuff. wheat? <laughs> are there, yeah, exactly. Are there wizard farms? Who's who's getting the pumpkins for the pumpkin juice and like pumpkin you know. juice? <laughs> I can't I, wait till we get to that minute. I don't want to drink pumpkin juice. <laughs> 
made it okay. completely unappetizing. So, so this is what I was thinking of. I, I just okay. found it on the Harry Potter wiki. It's okay. Gamp's Law of Elemental Transfiguration. Uh, it's a law in governing the magical world. Uh, it sh- food cannot be outright created from nothing, but it can be multiplied if one already has some food to multiply. Oh. It can be enlarged or the food can be summoned if one knows the approximate location and is fairly sure the food will still be there. Interesting. Uh, it should also be noted that while food can be Oh conjured, my god, do the house elves use do the house elves use the scraps that are left over from the great hall meals to make the next meal? That is So just perpetual leftovers is yes! what it is. Yes. Yes. Hey, there's like a little bit of chicken left on this bone. You cast a spell, there's More a whole chicken. chicken. I, I'm, real, I'm real glad that there was something to this that I wasn't just making this up. Oh my god, that's insane. That's, I... Okay, so there is sort of a weird, like, something from nothing magic in Harry Potter. Where they're, like, duplicating, it's like... 3D printers or something. I don't... I, just, I don't know. So That's was Jesus crazy. a wizard? We've talked about this a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> he was the best wizard. <laughs> they celebrate Christmas. Like, there's a guy that can do miracles and they celebrate He Christ, had one like... loaf of bread and one fish and then fed, like, a lot of people because he was able to make more loaves of bread and more fish. Sounds like a wizard thing to me. I'm just saying. My oh mom my would not be okay with me talking about this. a lot of people books were burned because people talked about this exactly exactly (laughs) oh man uh i don't have an answer (laughs) but fresh freshly caught guys i yeah it definitely wasn't him i imagine do you think that even though he's teaching at hogwarts he still has like his like publicity team and those like hit like an assistant and like people he can call on and go do this for me i think that's really how he gets by in the magical world is he has other people do stuff for him power is the ultimate magic there we've Just, solved it yes i have the power <laughs> um okay so lockhart does the dumbest thing he can do in my opinion in this moment <laughs> He opens the cage. Yeah. He it's opens the cage. Great decision. And they fill the room. And... Of course, the kids are immediately everyone's around. Everyone screams. Ah, it might We're provoke now. them. Of course. Yeah. You provoked them. Yeah, yeah. Like, not the kids. Do you think... If he hadn't been so dramatic and theatrical when he revealed them... Like... Are Doxies... No. Are, are Cornish Pixies ever calm? Oh... Like, would they be just sitting there chilling? Yeah. They're hanging out. They're, like, rocking on the... I I almost feel like they're, like, hummingbirds. They have to, like, keep moving. I think so, too. But I don't know. We definitely get that... That's definitely the way that they, like, seem to be portrayed in in these couple minutes that we see them. I don't think we ever see Cornish Pixies again after this week. No. They are wild. They're very wild. The, I gotta say, they're pretty strong. Uh, if two of them were able to lift Neville... Okay, my problem with that is that that is not, that's not even possible. Neville's ears would tear off, right? They would. No, definitely. Uh, you know, I think like, Neville being like a chunky little boy has got to be like, maybe... How, yeah, a... how much weight do you think you can pu- 
put like how, what's the tensile strength of an ear? Not <laughs> not that many pounds, tell you that. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. No, his ears were ripped off. They they they, look, they look, look stretched out when they do drop him on the chandelier. Yeah. Like like his ears got bigger. It's magic. Yeah, like they've let go of him and they look like they're longer than they should be. Unless they, Neville they just has big flat. ears. Yes. Well, like he already has. Yeah, he already has kind of big ears already. It's just the way that they're like sticking out when he's like dropped from the chandelier at the top because they're yeah. they're out of his hair. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't spent much time looking at Neville's ears until just <laughs> right, now. I mean, Believe he's it or lucky not, he still has them. <laughs> Yeah, I call, I call I call total shenanigans on that. Shenanigans. <laughs> He's hanging from a chandelier. How did I I'm still shocked that this kid grew up to be n- I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's so goofy looking. <laughs> he is. Like oh. I, I mean looked, that's why he got I, the role I, to begin with, right? I didn't look that much different from Neville at that age and I I'm still goofy looking. It's not fair. No. No, is that a? Uh, I don't know. The the Harry Potter kids had good genes, apparently. <laughs> Poor. Ne- I feel. For, I feel for Neville. This is the second time we've seen him strung up. We'll we'll talk about tomorrow. Then just string him up. They string him up. I don't. Um, I don't have much else for this minute. I got one more thing. I was just. I was thinking as as I was looking at this. It surprises me that this movie came out before the three D resurgence because i'm looking i'm watching this and all the cornish pixies flying in and out of the like flying toward the camera i just think the scene was made for 3d right like but it wasn't (laughs) yeah no it would been really interesting to see this in 3d Ooh, yeah especially because they do get like really close to the the camera in a couple of uh of, of sequences and there's a point where one of them throws a book out the cla- out of the classroom door, and like right at the camera. And I just think, oh wow, that that probably looked pretty cool in 3D in theaters. And I'm like, wait, no, this was before 3D. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fascinating. I, I didn't guess think in- about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, when that became a thing again. <laughs> I know. I'm glad that 3D now isn't so much like. I'm come. It's coming out of the screen. Like they're like, like pointing like purposeful, at this. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like super in like, your face. In, exactly, deliberately in your face. I'm just like, oh, it's super cheesy. It is. It's super cheesy. I'm grateful that movie theaters are starting to realize that they don't have to book, you know, ninety percent of the screenings to, screens to be three D. They give me a headache. A little bit of inside baseball the studios uh, make them do it yeah the studios will tell us what percentage of show times need to be 3d uh, so gross. so like for some shows it's like oh like you need 40 percent of your show times they're like but none of those shows are actually gonna sell they like we like i as someone who works there like i can see that the 3d shows like sell less than half the number of tickets that the regular ones do like if a, if a big movie comes out and you're comfortable watching 3Ds, like, you might as well go to a 3D show because the, the, the standard ones are going to sell out. And it's just how it goes. It's really weird. I don't mind 3D most of the time, but I can I could live without it. In my opinion, like, most of the time, 
it's not enough to make it worth it. There's only a handful of movies that I've seen in 3D that I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad I saw this in 3D. I can maybe think of I can think of one off the top of my head, maybe two. The best movie I ever saw in 3D was Coraline. Coraline oh. in 3D was amazing. That's awesome. I love that movie. Oh, I do too. I just love Leica. Everything they yeah. everything they oh put god, out yes. is it's gold. Mm-hmm. I saw Gravity in 3D, and that was really cool. I think I saw that in 3D too. Uh, and that's just, that's all because of the visuals. Like, there's not... No, there's definitely times I've gone in there for a 3D movie, and I'm just like, what was even the point? Like, Yeah, what was 3D? Even... Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, that happened with me when I saw Alice in Wonderland, the live-action oh, yeah, yeah. one, the first one. I liked the movie, but I paid for that. I don't know if I paid for it if I was, like, already working at the theater, but... That was the first was movie a... that came out when I started there. Oh, no, then definitely. I didn't know I paid for 3D then, and I, it was definitely not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think my first 3D movie that I saw when I started working at the theater was uh, The Adventures of Tintin. I didn't see that. Oh, that's good. I you like haven't that. seen it? That's a good movie. Brian, I think a... it's just... It's established. She hasn't seen it. I haven't actually seen anything. He only watches the same like half dozen movies over I pretend over I've seen stuff. No, Tintin uh, is really good. There's, no, they were supposed it. to make a sequel and they never did, so oh. whatever. That's a shame. Cool. I know. Yeah. Like, this should have been... Were the, any of the later movies 3D? The Harry Potter ones? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. The, the last few were. But just not these early ones because it wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I want to say... Oh, I, I want Not Half-Blood Prince. Order of the Phoenix. I think that was the first one I saw in 3D in theaters. Mm. I don't remember which ones I saw in 3D. I know I saw the last, like, two or three of them because I worked at the theater when they were coming out. But I don't know about the rest. I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I, I want the studios to listen Listen up. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of 3D. I'm, stop. No more. <laughs> You're doing it to death. I, I get enough headaches. Yes. Yes. I understand that. See, I don't get headaches. It just messes with my eyes. I don't know. I don't know. I hate wearing glasses on top of my glasses. Yeah. Yeah. That Same. Too. <laughs> that, that too. We're, we're, we're all a bunch of nerds. Of nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll push up our we classes. Up. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again for another minute of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, come back tomorrow for minute 44. Find us on Facebook, iTunes. All, well, no, Apple Podcasts now. I keep forgetting that's not iTunes. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review. And, uh, yeah, come back tomorrow for minute 44. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed.